0: we know this is Mother's Day, and the Bible speaks a great deal to what it means to be a parent. Talk about what our responsibilities are to be the parents of the children that God grants us as the gifts that are given to us as we look at it and as we see, and when I speak about Mother's Day, and today I'm going to use Hannah as an example from the Word of God and what's going on in 1 Samuel, but I want to just say a word quickly in the beginning, and that is that everything that a christian mother ought to be every one of us ought to be and everything that a christian father ought to be when we get the father's day every one of us ought to be there's not anything that we can say well only mothers should be this and only fathers should be this all of us as believers in the lord jesus christ have a responsibility To honor God in all that we do, in all that we say, in all that we act. And we are to take the gifts that God gives us and use that. And so even though there are references mainly today to mothers and using Hannah as that example, I want to just make sure that you and I understand that these principles, these things that the word teaches us are for all of us. And we can't just sit back and say, well, I can take my nap because this is just for the ladies to listen to today and be a part of that. Now, some of you do that regardless of the message, but we don't worry about that. Uh, of what's going on, but we today just want to know that it's for all of us. There's not any principle, there's not any teaching of God's Word that, that doesn't apply to every single one of us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we need to keep that in mind and allow those things to be a part of that time. In 1 Samuel, you remember Hannah, uh, Samuel's mother, and being a part of that time, and we'll, we want to look at that. We're going to look at verse chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, and verses 27 and 28 together. And then just a few principles that stand out from her life and from what it is. There's many examples throughout God's Word. None of them are perfect because there are no perfect people apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. God is, the Bible is such a great book because it lets us see the good and the bad. It doesn't try to cover over and only give us the idea that everybody in the Bible was perfect and nothing, you know, we'll never measure up. It's not like that. They they were sinners just like you and I, and they had all kinds of issues and problems in their lives So none of them are perfect, and none of them are the goal for which we're setting ourselves. Christ is the one to whom we look, and it's his life that we are to follow. It's his principles that we're to do. But in the Bible, God gives us earthly examples of folks that we can look at and and see and understand some of the struggles they went through and sometimes identify with them ourselves that it helps encourage us and strengthen us as we have that opportunity. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word this morning. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1... First of all, in verses 10 and 11, the scripture tells us, talking about Hannah, she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come upon his head. And then skipping over to verses 27 and 28, The scripture goes on to say, For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think together about Hannah and her faith and her her strong desire to be a mother, things that stand out in her life and the qualities that are there. I pray, Father, we would learn some things together, be reminded of things that we already know, and that you would speak to every single one of us, that we would recognize that these things that, that you give us through the individuals in the Bible, these that you tell us and teach us and let us learn in the living of their lives are things that we can be an asset in the living of our own lives. And so I pray you'll speak to each and every one of us this morning. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The characteristics that stand out, first of all, obviously, is that a godly mother, a magnificent mother, is a mother of prayer. Someone who believes in prayer and practices prayer. And all that she does and all that's being a part of it. You know, we live in a day and time, unfortunately, in which for too many people, children have become a burden. They're, they're just something that's in the way, something that they don't want. And so we do all kinds of things to get rid of them. We, our nation... Uh, kills far more people than we've lost in COVID through abortions every year, we, uh, through the time that's going on. We, we destroy life. We have little value for senior adults and the things that are going on. We continually try to just get rid of the burden. We don't want to have be bothered. We want to be able to live our life the way we want to live it. But Hannah gives us an understanding that rather than being burdened by the children, we should be burdened for the children. There should be a burden in our heart for the kids in our world, for our own but all the kids in our world, we know today that there are lots and lots of children all over our world, all through our United States and probably even here in Kwana that don't have the kind of food they need to live regularly, to be healthy and the things that are there, they don't have the care that's needed in their lives and being a part of it because of the failure of the home and the failure of different things because all the things that are going on and being a part of that. And it ought to be a burden in our hearts as God's people for, the, for children and young people to pray for them, to lift them up before the Lord and ask God to touch their lives and to bless them and to provide for them and to help them and to ask God how you and I can be a part of being a part of it. See, Hannah's burden was she longed to be a mother. She wanted to have a child and she wanted that child so greatly that she was willing to say, God, even... If you give me that son that I'm praying for, that I desire in my life, I'll give him back to you, and he'll be yours to serve you in whatever way. I just want to have the honor and the privilege to be able to have a child and to know that that child's serving you and being a part of it. She prayed for that. And then after she prayed with that burden and the thing that was there, as she looked at it and she saw it, she also prayed, if you you went on to read chapter 2, and we're not going to do that this morning, but you would find a marvelous prayer of gratitude. After the result of God answering her prayer and giving her that child that she longed for so very much in her life. And she praises God and she celebrates God. We need to be a people of prayer. We need to have a burden for people in our life. We need to have a burden for the children of our world. We need to have a burden for one another. A burden for the lost of our community and those that are around. We need to be a people who allow God to burden our hearts so that we learn how to pray the way we ought to pray. Not just thank you for this and thank you for that or only pray when we have a problem in our life but that we daily would have such a burden in our hearts and our lives that God would give us that we would be regularly praying for people that we'd have that broken heart that Jesus Christ had as he looked across the world uh, the people in the fields and the things and he told his disciples, look, the fields are ready for harvest. And they're like sheep without a shepherd. They need to be someone who's guiding them and helping them and loving them. And that's how you and I need to see the world in which we live. And we need to see the opportunity. We need to have that burden of prayer. That we pray regularly and faithfully for the people around us and the things that are going on. And we never need to quit praying in gratitude for what God is doing. And for how he is working in our lives. And what he's accomplishing. And the things that are there. And the parts that are going on. The children that are She was so grateful for her child. And I know you're grateful for your children. Your grandchildren. If you have those. Your nieces. Your nephews. Whomever it may be that you have the privilege to be a part of. Your neighbor's kids. Whomever. Sometimes we kind of not so thankful for them. I realize that. They cause a little trouble here and there along the way. But God thank you that you trusted us enough to give us such a gift that you trusted us enough to allow us to represent you in the lives of a young person, a child, and to be able to guide them and be a part of that. And there's always things to be so much grateful for that you provided and the things that are going. And Hannah was a, a godly woman, and part of that godliness was her prayer life as she prayed and as she sought God and as she trusted God for the things that she needed. But she was a godly woman because also not only did she uh, pray the way she had, but she was godly in her faith. She believed God could do whatever he wanted to do. He was was someone who could be trusted. He was someone who could, and she believed in the promises of God. As he gave promises, he gave her a promise there, and and it was fulfilled. She believed that, and you and I need to believe in the promises of God. We need to teach and understand in our own life And we need to teach and understand to those around us in our homes and things that when God speaks, when God makes a promise, it can be settled. It can be depended upon. God fulfills His promises. And we need to trust those promises. All the promises that God has given us, we can pray into the lives of our children and our grandchildren. We can pray into them the promises of God and ask God to fulfill those promises in their life and help them to understand that when God made those promises, they were some that were there for them to see and understand. And, and He wants to apply them in their life to bless them and to use them and to let them be a part of that. We need to believe in the, in the things of God and the things that are going on. <coughs> Excuse me, in the faith. That is a part of that as we take God at his word. And then the thing that we need to do with that faith is to trust God enough that we place our children in his hands and believe that he will do the best with them that can be done. Sometimes that's hard to do. We want to do everything. We want to fix them. We want to take care of them. We want to cover them. We want to make sure everything they need is provided. We want to do it all. We, want, we, want to, we, we just don't want to take a chance. We, we want to be sure everything is done. We want to guide them and direct them. We want to teach them. And everything. But as God, godly parents, as men and women who trust God with our lives and believe in the promises of God, you and I have to come to a place in our own lives where we understand that we have to commit our children, our grandchildren. We have to commit our husbands, our wives. It doesn't matter. We have to commit them to the Lord and trust Him with them, and believe that He wants the best for them, that He believe, that he loves them more than you and I can ever love them. He desires the very best for them. And sometimes you and I may not understand what God is doing and how He's doing it, but we still have to trust that God is in charge and God knows what He's doing, and I can trust Him with my children. I can trust Him with my grandchildren. I can trust him with my family. I can trust him with my job. I can trust him with whatever it is. I can believe in God and do it. And that's what she did. She gave Samuel to God. He's yours. He's yours for all of his life to serve you, to be whatever you want him to be. And that's hard to give him to God. You know, the first thing that comes to your mind sometimes, or at least it did mine, when I began to try to deal with that and began looking at becoming a parent and some of the things that were going on was, well, if I give him to God, what's he going to do with him? Is he going to send them off somewhere far away and I'll never see them again? Is he going to do this or that? You know, I I don't know. know, Do I really want to trust God with them? I can do a better job. At least I'll know what's going on. And it was a battle. I really genuinely had to come to a place in my own life in prayer and where I could finally one day completely and without reservation and hesitation be able to say, Father, they're yours. They're not mine. They're a gift that you've given them to me for however long you decide to give them to me. And they're yours, and I trust you with them, and I give them to you, and I release them to you. It was not easy. It was a battle for me, at least. I don't know, for you it might have been easy, but for me it was a real battle, and it still is sometimes because of things that go on and deal with it. But God's capable of taking care of them. And even when they go through difficult times and hard times and things that I wish with all of my heart they'd never, ever face in their life, God has a plan. And God's at work, and God's doing something that's beyond my understanding, beyond anything that I can see, but I have to to be able to trust him and give them to him. Hannah gave her child in faith to God and trusted him to provide the way that he needed to go and be what he was. But she was also godly in her love for her child, love that she had and being a part of it. We've heard some great songs this morning uh, already about moms and the things that go on and the, the great depth of love that they, all, they have and being a part of it and we know how protective they can be and, and how loving they are in so many different ways and the things that are going on and being a part of it. Uh, one missionary doctor wrote a book, What Jesus Means to Me, and in that book, he on page six of that book, he, he said that uh, what Jesus meant to him was a mother who so lived her life that she could see, that he could see Christ in her. And that's, that's what it meant, that she brought Christ into reality in their home, into their lives and being a part of it and being a part. Of she loved God so much that she was able to allow the love that she had for God to be portrayed in his life as he loved her, as she loved her children and showed God's love to them and being a part of what's going on. and being a part, We need to love one another, and we need to love the way God loves, not the way the world talks about love because the world has no conception at all about what genuine love is. It doesn't even have a clue about love we do because we have the God is love because he demonstrated his love to us and that while we were yet sinners he died on the cross for us we understand a depth of love that no one outside of Christ can ever begin to even comprehend and it's that kind of love that God fills our hearts with so that we can love one another and we can love our children, our family, the things that are there the way God wants us to love them, not the way others would want us to love them and being a part of it. It's an unselfish love. It's a sacrificial love. It's an unending kind of love. It's a love that comes from God himself as he fills our hearts with that. She had that kind of a, a love as she dealt and talked with it and being a part of it. It's, it's a love that, that allows us to put our priorities in order. You know, One of the things as parents that we like to do is to make sure that our kids have it a little better than we had it. Even if we had more than we deserve, we still have that mindset that we want our kids to have it a little better. We want them to do better. We want them to have more. We want them to struggle with some of the struggles we had and all those kind of things. We're always thinking about how could we do something that would be a little better? How could we provide more? And we let that become a priority in our lives. And many parents have found themselves coming to the place where everything is more important than talking to their children about Jesus Christ and giving them Christ. It's all the little activities that go on. They're in every sports team that goes on. If they're not in school, they're in all the city clubs and all the different things. They travel on Wednesdays and on Sundays and every other day. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're in this organization, that organization. They want them to make good grades. They want them to have a good job. They want them to have a lot of good money. They want them to do all those kind of things. And there's nothing wrong with those things in a proper perspective. The most important thing a parent ever, ever gives their child is Jesus Christ. Now, we can't accept Christ for them. We can't do that. But our homes, our attitudes, our lifestyles, our words, the things that we do ought to provide such an atmosphere for our children, our grandchildren, and for the, even for one another as parents. And the things that are going, it ought to provide such an understanding of what God is like and what God is doing that it draws them and attracts them to the Savior. They want to know more about Him. They want to see Him. It ought to be a, a, just a very natural part of our home life that we speak of Christ and that we talk about Christ and that we point out the fact that this is because God's working in our lives that this happened or that happened things that are going on we need to put it in a priority folks there's nothing more important your kid can grow up and be the most successful person in the United States has ever known they can be the richest person that the world has ever known they can accomplish more than any man or woman has ever accomplished and they'll be a complete failure if they don't meet Jesus Christ and you as a parent will have failed them desperately again you can't make them accept Christ but you provide the atmosphere and the heart and the love the example that allows them the opportunity to see what God can be in their lives and what God can do in their lives and cause them to have a hunger and a thirst after God so that they long for Him and want to know Him and want to serve Him in all their lives and being a part of it. That love is a love that never gives up. Never ends. You know, I love you, and nothing you can ever do can change the fact that I love you. It's What God said to us. We're sinners. And even after we become Christians, we fall so far short of what God wants us to be so many times. And yet God's love never ceases, never diminishes, never in any way becomes in doubt because God never can quit loving us. And that's the kind of people we need to be as parents. And even as brothers and sisters in Christ and brothers and sisters in a household, whatever it may be, we need to have the kind of love that says very clearly to our children, very clearly to one another, there may be times in in your life, in my life, that you disappoint me. You may break my heart at times. There may be times that I I pull my hair out trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do. But you need to understand this, son, daughter, husband, wife. You need to know that there is absolutely nothing you can ever do that will keep me from loving you can break my heart you can disappoint me you can do all kinds of things but you cannot stop me from loving you it will not happen and they need to know that it's not enough for me to feel that way if my children don't understand that to be true if they don't recognize and realize that this is how I feel and this is what it is and and I have I pray for you, I love you I want great things for you but you need to understand if you miss every single mark in life I love you I love you and we can do that because God did that for us and because he's the one loving them through us as we have that opportunity to do so we we keep that in mind it doesn't make parenting any easier I'm not saying that by any means if anything it might make it a little harder but it's the right thing, the thing we need to do. But she's not only godly in her love, but godly in her influence and all the things that were there. See, a godly mother is determined that her life will count in such a way for God that she influences her children for God. We, we heard that already, the songs that were being sung, being part of it. I, listened to a song, I heard a song uh, the other day going back from... Uh, one of the times I was over here, I don't even remember which time it was recently, but uh, I guess it was the prayer breakfast the other morning. Uh, but it was my mama's rocking chair. Some of you may be familiar with it. Ivan Parker was the one that was singing it this time. And, it, and it, just, it just said, as it, it started out, I, I, was, I saw, I, was, I witnessed David killing Goliath. And I was in the den of lions with Daniel. And he goes on talking about all these different things. And he said, I learned it all sitting in the lap of my mom in the rocking chair. I've heard great teachers in some of the best sermons in the world, but none were ever as great as the lessons I learned sitting in my lap of my mama in the rocking chair. The influence that we have over our children, teaching them good or bad. I mean, we can be a bad influence by, any, by all means. Some of us, unfortunately, have been. But even if we have been, it doesn't have to keep on because of the grace of God. Today, we can make a difference. We can change. We can be what we need to be. But see, we we need to have that kind of influence upon our children, upon one another, to influence them in such a way that they want to live for God, and they want to honor God, and they want to be a part of it. And then through them, one of the great, great things that you and I have to know is that as we allow God to influence us in a way that we can influence them, they become an influence to the world. Imagine what's going on in our world around us because you as a, as a godly parent loved your child enough to give them Christ. Loved them enough to influence them how to live their life in a way that honored God and not the world and made them see the benefits of all that it was to be a child of the living God and a Christian and have a longing in their heart to serve God and they went out from your home and they blessed other people and they raised children of their own to know God and, and other lives have been touched some have gone out in, the, in teaching and, and some have gone out in farming and some have gone out as doctors and lawyers and some have gone out working for the city and some have gone out in other ways in all kinds of manners of opportunities to do and every job that can be imagined and in everything that being a part of it, not just preachers and missionaries, but every single one with Christ in their heart have gone out and because they had a Christian attitude and because they loved people the way they ought to love people, because they were kind to people the way they ought to be kind to people, because they treated people with respect and love and consideration and all the things that were going on, they affected someone else's life and that life affected someone else's life and that life affected someone else's life and it continues to multiply and multiply and multiply. When you and I are the godly parents that we're supposed to be, when we live the way that we're supposed Supposed to and teach our children how to love God and trust God and walk with God, then they become an extension of our faith, the faith of the Lord God. They become an extension of God's purposes and plans upon the earth, and they are able to reach out into the community and make a difference. That's always our prayer, our hope. Every time we turn around, we're looking and hoping. When we pray for our nation, when we pray for our country, our world, our city, whatever it is, our prayer is that somehow there will be those of us who will rise up, whether it's our children, our grandchildren, whether it's those among us now, whatever it is, but those who will rise up under God's influence and allow the influence of God in their life to make a difference. To touch people's lives and to lead them to the God that will love them and. Walk with them in all the experiences of their life and allow God who can make a difference in everyone's life, who can change every heart, who can do the mighty works that are there that we read about and talk about today. He can still do. And that's what happens when we have a godly home. We influence those who go out among us and continue to influence on and on and on as we have that opportunity. Hannah was a godly mother. She prayed, she loved, she had faith, she offered her influence, and she allowed her faith to bless her child as she gave him to Samuel. And as Samuel grew up under the blessing and leadership of the Lord, he became a blessing to the nation of Israel in ways unimaginable. And the things that were there, your life today, Dad, mom, grandparent, single, married. Your life as a child of God is a gift to the world that we serve and live in. You are God's blessing to this community. You are God's blessing to this church. And you're God's blessing to your family. We need to live like that. We need to believe that. Because it's true. When we let God be God in our lives, then we are a people of prayer. We are a people of faith. We are a people of love. We are a people who have our priorities set the way they ought to be set. And We are a people who are allowing God to use us to influence others. For his glory and for his good. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we come to the close of this time together this morning, I just pray that as you've spoken to us through some wonderful music and things that we've had to hear some words and just be reminded of the influence and the impact that mothers can have. And I know, Father, for all of us we understand that that means all of us as Christians can have. I just pray that you would speak, have, have spoken and will continue to speak even in these moments of invitation that we come to and remind us, Father, of the effect that we can have upon people by being godly people, by believing and practicing prayer, by allowing love to be the ruling part of our lives, by having faith in the promises of God, be, believing you are who you are and say do what you say you will do. Father, I pray that we'll put our priorities in right order. There's a lot of things we need to do, but there's nothing more important than living for you. And that needs to always be at the very top of our list in all that we do together. And then, Father, I pray that you will allow the work that you're doing in our lives, that become an influence in the lives of our family and through our family, the lives of the world around us, that we might see your name glorified, lifted high, And that people might turn more and more to you in all that they do together. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen.